0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal De Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. I'm man the to the
1: man in the mirror. There
2: it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> bro, it's tough to have to try and do Michael Jazz. That's not very hey, fair, bro. I, you know what?
1: It's not good. Yeah.
2: I was gonna say like disturb, give you some. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so, I tried one time in uh,
1: karaoke, and that was a horrible mistake. Yeah, yeah. so I have, sli-
3: ah! I have a, I have a, I have a story I should tell you guys. Slightly right. embarrassing. Oh, oh, good.
1: Do
2: tell. Do tell.
3: Uh, so yeah, you tell. Yeah. you guys know how I'm very open about. Uh, uh, don't fill it in. With your, your sexuality. See there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, your butthole. No, I don't know. What no, I'm very about? open with because uh, I wear European underwear, bro. Because that's way I was raised. I raised. I was raised wearing the bikini. Speedo style underwear. Just I feel comfortable that right, way. Right. I feel like I can move. I feel like I can jump. I feel fast. I can do karate in it. <laughs> are you going to okay. tell the
2: story about you, you like getting your underwear mixed up in our laundry and my girl trying to wear your underwear? No. Oh, did I really? Yeah, she Wait. did. Huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Shut like, up. These are extremely comfortable. So <laughs> <laughs> the crotch says everything. I said, I said, no, I said honey, so, honey, where, honey, where did you get the grapes all over your panties? She what's was confused, confused? No, so, because so it
1: felt like it was I don't know a fit. <laughs> so, so, so,
3: check this out. So, the conversation came up in the gym of the other day because that's what we talk about in the gym about people's underwear.s And uh, <sighs> okay, and I, yeah, I'm okay. like, oh, I wear, I wear freaking European style. Is this know. with your client or with like another trainer? It was the whole gym I was talking about. Oh, yeah, come, in- co- yeah. Trust me, th- my gym, we interesting. We go, yeah, it's great. So everybody's talking about. It's having a good time. Everyone's laughing at me, and I don't care. My client, good, great guy, love him to death. You know, gay dude, love him to death. Awesome dude. He's like, "I wear those kind of underwear too." So of course, you know, people like So laugh you guys did a high five. So so he goes, he goes, "Hey, he goes, I just ordered a bunch of underwear from Greece." He goes, "And they sent me the wrong size." Cuz he's smaller than I am. He's all, "I have like th- like three pairs like you want them, they're brand new." So I'm like, "Oh yeah, I don't they're, give a fuck, to whatever." Yeah, they're satin. So he brought them. He brought them. And uh they were they're worn already? No, they're not. <laughs> I smelled just the, just the <laughs> It smells kind of like chote. Why why are these (laughs) faded? Why are these faded? Chote. So he brings them in. He gives it to me, and they're just they're just a notch high, like another notch. You know, from the kind that I wear. They're like a leather level.
2: Like the thread, the thread counts like higher. They're nice.
3: They're nice, bro. But they're definitely silky. More European. <laughs> we'll just leave it oh, out. Okay. Okay. Very. So, was that you being politically correct in that same? Cu- no, they're just. They're just. They're just. They're just. They're comfortable. I'm wearing them right now. I feel, you got a G string on. No. Are you trying to admit no, that? No, I can't. Us right I don't now? like that. I don't like things in between my butt cheeks. Uh-huh, but they uh-huh. feel. They feel good. It's tell, the us, tell us. Tell us. Yeah, I'm interested
2: know. in what more European means, since you're trying yeah, to be political. Yeah, yeah. You need to. You need to draw that. You need to draw it for us. So, draw it
3: drawn up. They're cut. Um, they're a little smaller cut on the sides <laughs> oh, okay, and the color's a little more vibrant <laughs> okay. and and it's got like a, it's just, you know, I could show you a picture. i took a picture yeah, if you guys no, want to see that's it. That's okay. You guys man. want to see a picture? It's okay. really? no, that's, that's, that's that's between you, you and your guy. It's right? yeah, you fine yeah, that's between yeah. you yeah. and Is that, your guy. Does, yeah, that make yeah, yeah. You, does that threaten you, <laughs> you if know, I show like, a picture? Not at all. Not no, at I mean. Not at all. Because you know I walk around like that. So this weekend when we go up to our retreat number two to pump out. Did you get confirmation
1: that they fit you right? I got them on right now, bro. No, I mean, like, did you get confirmation, though? What do you mean?
2: Like, from somebody.
3: Oh, have someone else? Yeah. No, I know when underwear feel right. Okay. I know right away. That's good. You know, when you put them on, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. How do your glutes Just look? Just don't good? get tricked. Huh?
2: How do your glutes look at them?
3: They look good. Yeah. I've got good glutes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in high school, that was my nickname. Good glutes. Good glutes. Out. <laughs> that's, what, <Nah. laughs> that's what they call me. Yeah. Good here. glutes. Speaking of glutes, have you guys seen uh, that new? That it's not a new product; it's been around for a while. And this guy's making fucking millions of dollars. And I'm so I'm so angry that I didn't come up with this. Have you guys seen the Squatty Potty? The that, Squatty that,
2: Potty. The Squatty Potty. Mm. What is that? I've read the book. Everybody is like, is it like a a booster seat, or is it the foot, the foot thing?
3: It's the foot thing.
2: Oh yeah, I've seen that. So here's the deal, right? Rotate your pelvic your your pelvic, right? So I saw the commercial for it, pelvis, and so right,
3: and so I know the science behind why it works because I understand muscles of the body, including all the muscles around the butt. So uh, when you're in an anterior pelvic tilt, that's when you stick your butt out. It closes off the. the canal that your poop would travel through, <laughs> and it makes it harder to poop, and so you want to be in what's called a posterior pelvic a Nice toe. open
2: canal. You want <laughs> which nobody is when they intercede a position,
3: right? So, and, the, and in the and if you go to third world countries, like people sit on their haunches, like they squat down on their feet, and that's how they go to the bathroom. You ever been to a- You haven't. But if you go to a bathroom- and Or they do it in the
1: shower at 24 Hour Fitness.
3: Fuckers. If you go into- <laughs> If you go to some of these bathrooms, you'll see that there's just a hole in the ground. There's two feet print. And you're supposed to stand on these things and squat down. And that naturally puts you in that, that posterior pelvic tilt. And so these people have less problems. Anyway, I saw this fucking potty, uh, uh, squatty potty, which is basically a footstool you put your feet on when you sit on the toilet. And it, it mimics that position. And I know it works because- that's how the human body works. I'm just angry. I didn't come up with that invention. The dude's making millions of dollars. Well,
2: you're thinking about I know everybody right now, too, is in their, envisioning their head. They're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. That's the reason why when I'm constipated, I get up on my tippy toes and I lean forward on the toilet. Is <laughs> that why? Sure. Think about it. Think about it. It's exactly what you do. Uh. Think about a hard one coming out. What do you do? Just naturally. <laughs> Call,
1: I call I my just friends. Making a lot of crazy faces. <laughs> you, you,
2: you definitely don't lean back. I start that's, praying. You don't yeah. lean back anymore. That's you know when that's when I get religious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, if you just
3: please,
1: please <laughs> help me this one time. <laughs> this one I time, swear yeah. I'll
2: go to church. Hold my legs. In oh, the air. have you ever got a stomach cramp in the middle of something like that? Oh, bro. <laughs> when I'm getting, when I'm cutting in the ooh. middle of it. Oh yeah. Why?
3: Is, why is that weird to you? Isn't that supposed to be a time when you?
2: You get a stomach cramp? What do you mean like a, like a muscle cramp? Yes, a muscle. Oh no. Like, yeah. Like, ah, oh, you're like oh, oh, ah. Oh, I've had some bad ones where I've especially when I'm getting ready for a show and I'm and I'm all locked up and tight and dehydrated. <laughs> oh bro, it's <laughs> He's all locked yeah. up. Oh yeah, no. That's, I've had to call my girl like in the like the fetal position on the toilet. That's the hemorrhoid on top Honey, I need some help over here.
3: If Adam ever does porn, that's the name of the porn. Locked up. Locked
0: up. All locked up. I need
3: some help.
2: Oh, oh, you know what? What?
1: Open channel. Do you know huh? Justin?
3: <laughs> I'm gonna you? wait. This. Time. I hear yeah. I to set up. I'm not saying. You shit. know. I
1: heard. I heard uh, wild turkeys this morning. Did you? What yeah. did they sound like? But it wasn't like this. It wasn't. It was like. <laughs> yeah. It
3: wasn't like. Quah! <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know what I mean. So
3: do that turkey sound again. <laughs>
2: That's pretty good, dude. Yeah. That's,
3: that's <laughs> a lot of tongue movement.
1: You
2: are, you are pretty good with random sounds like that. He is. Mm. Yeah. Is
3: there any other random sounds you can show
2: you us? You know, my
1: favorite guy ever was that guy from Police Academy. He
2: uh, like,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. He, he made a living off of that, man. That he, he had commercials and all kinds of stuff. You Do you guys ever watch Spaceballs? I love Fuck Spaceballs. yeah. Spaceballs, there was one Spaceballs, scene yeah. where he's in Spaceballs. He's like, we got the blips. The blips. We got the, creeps,
3: the blips. The, yeah. the creeps. Yeah. 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 That
0: one. Anyway. Yeah. Bring on the quad. Bring on the qua. Motherfucking quad time. First quaff from S Powers 3. Is one gram of protein per one pound of body weight appropriate? Because this person is having a hard time with that.
3: So, uh, no, it is not uh, Mm. appropriate, nor is it necessary Mm. to maximize progress in the gym. In fact, the vast majority of studies done on protein intake and muscle building and muscle adaptation shows an upper limit. Of benefit. Now, let me be clear. Upper limit meaning you may get extra benefit from this, but many people won't even from this amount. And the number they come up with consistently is between 0.6 and 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So that one gram is actually over that. And then, of course, the one and a half and two grams that the supplement companies and the, the PhDs that are actually morons uh, uh, promote. <laughs> I'm not going to say names here. Um, no, but they're a doctor. Is because it, it sells more of their products. But in reality, is uh, if you're trying to eat one gram, two grams of protein per pound of body weight through real food, it's fucking hard. And just, you know, we were just speaking about being locked up earlier. You know, so a lot of people can't do that because then they have, you know, Plaster of Paris in their butt.
2: Now, yeah, now I want to come back over this though, and uh, and not uh, not debate what you're saying, but I because that I, wouldn't be wise. No, it wouldn't be wise because <laughs> I agree with you. I agree, and uh, 100 okay. that is the science and that is the RDA. Now, debating, I really dude. feel like there's two extremes of types of people, and this is just in my experience of all the thousands of people that I've trained that um, have a uh, that were tracking their food and. I have one camp of people, um, and more often than not, it's it's my my women that have, you know, stayed away from, you know, fats it's or animal meats, things like that, it's my girls. that struggle with this one to one ratio, one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And then I have the other extreme of my competitors and, you know, bikini athletes and men's physique and bodybuilder guys that I train that <clears throat> are, you know, two, three grams, sometimes even more of protein. So I really feel like uh, the, the place is somewhere in in the middle there not in the middle, but I mean, like from three and point six, because Sal's right. You don't need more than that. But somebody who has a really hard time even getting one gram and you give them the OK that you don't need one gram. You only need really technically point six to point eight uh, range is what you need per pound of body weight kind of gives that person the okay that, oh, okay, then I don't really need to focus on it so much. So I really push my ladies that have a hard time to try and get the one-to-one. Now, when they fall short of it, you know, and they get .7, I'm stoked in my head as a coach. And I'm going like, that's what I want you to do, you know, and I'm not worried because I'm going to take into consideration the the body doesn't work on a 24-hour clock. So maybe you uh you get one gram. You did a great job, and you got one one to one that day. And more than likely, if you're someone who struggles with that, the next day you're probably only going to get point five to point six, and it's all going to average out about where you should mm-hmm. be. So I think it's a good target to give somebody one to one. But you don't want you don't want to feel like you failed because you're you fall a little short of that because you don't necessarily. No, and
3: and what I mean by upper limit <clears throat> is the upper limit, and these are in terms of like nitrogen balance and other types of things. When you look at just progress, like how well do these athletes perform and get stronger, then the range is even smaller. You've got athletes that are vegan uh, who eat, you know, point three, point four, who perform perfectly fine. Um, is one gram of protein per pound of body weight um, unhealthy? No, it's it's not going to it's not going to be detrimental to you. But when you get into two grams or more, is it unhealthy? I would place my money on yes. I would place my money that in long, long term. You're probably going to ask for some long-term issues in terms of everything from kidneys, how they filter that out, to you might be lacking other things in your food because you're always eating so much protein, to potentially, and I'm not saying that this is the case. Yeah,
2: we don't know that yet. We, we don't know. But we, we believe that there is, we're, we're going to find more. We more.
3: are, but potentially, potentially speaking, a lot of protein may be, okay, it's not conclusive, but it may be connected to a higher risk of cancer. So, um, So, you know, we'll see. Um, but again uh, for those of you aiming for more than one gram of protein per pound of body weight you- you're probably ha- having to take two shakes a day a bar like that can't be good you know what I mean right. if you can't get it from
2: food that's the inherent be- issue really that, well I uh, definitely don't think that's I mean, ideal we either. Either. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you if you're at if I, I look at my day right and let's say I'm you know for me I'm 220 pound guy and so in my head I'm always going for 220 grams a lot of times I fall between 170 and 190. I'm not going to go make myself a shake because I'm at 170 or 190 and I'm not making my one to one, and so I go make a shake to try and get there, which is the mentality of a lot of people that have a hard time hitting their one to one. Now, if I if I catch myself doing that back to back to back to back days where I'm following I'm falling short, then I might I might bump that up, but that's just you got to pay attention to that. And I think that's where I, when we answer a question like this, I I I'm really careful about who I'm talking to. Because it, it's really it's really different for so many people. I, a lot of clients I've trained, the women are severely under eating protein. They're not even getting 50% of the intake that they should be getting on a, on a regular basis. So th- that person, I'm, I'm really trying to push them and motivate them to head in the direction of one-to-one. And then when I have the other extreme, I'm trying to get them to come down. Like, hey, I know you've been tattooed in your brain by all these supplement companies that you need to have 1.5 to 3 grams of protein. That is such a fallacy. And I want you to get rid of that. And why don't we enjoy some other calories and your fats and maybe some carbs, if you like. And, they have
3: and, benefits, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's here's the, here's what, what the fitness industry does. It, and in particular, the muscle building industry. But the fitness industry does this. It'll take something like... Um, Calcium builds, your body uses calcium to build bones, okay? So they'll go to the next conclusion, which is, oh, take a lot of calcium, you'll get stronger bones. No, doesn't Mm. fucking work that way. In fact, now they're showing that just taking calcium indiscriminately like that is actually bad for you. They say, we know that protein is used, the amino acids from protein are used to repair, rebuild, and build muscle. Oh, great, eat a shit ton of protein, we'll build more muscle. No, no, no. Number one, you have to have the signal. Even when it comes to bone, we just talked about bone. If the bone, if the the body has a signal to strengthen bone, then it doesn't need much calcium to do that. You don't need to take a shit ton extra. Um, if your body has a signal to build muscle, it doesn't need a shit ton uh, of protein to do so. The look at people. Look at this. Okay. Look at uh, um, a natural case where the body is really in hyperdrive to build muscle. Look at men or boys when they go through puberty. Boys, when they go through puberty, they're getting all these crazy signals to grow and to build, and their appetites go up as well. They don't benefit from more than a gram of protein uh, per pound of body weight. Now, you, Mr. or Mrs. so-and-so who are working out in the gym, you've already gone through puberty and you're lifting weights, you ain't going to – you ain't trust me, you don't got a signal to build muscle like the 14-year-old boy who went from you know, having testosterone levels of a prepubescent girl to all of a sudden having the highest testosterone levels of his life. He's got a real loud signal. He would benefit more from protein than even you would. So you just don't need you. You want a diet that's relatively high in protein, but not the, ri- the ridiculous recommended amounts that you're going to hear from the pretend fitness professionals on Instagram and the you know supplement companies. Yeah, just, well,
1: when you actually eat real protein from from sources of meat or or you know like it it, it if you can't consume all that and and, and achieve that one to one ratio, uh, you know this is my problem is people. Use that as a benchmark. Now I have to get you know an extra amount, and so I can only get that extra amount from bars and and shakes. And you know your body already is is satiated. It's already just like it's utilizing the amount of protein that you got from the real food, and you know an additional amount to that. It, for me is a you know it just feels excessive you know from a, a personal standpoint
2: it is and it's not the it's not the the magical uh, macronutrient that we we've all been led to believe for so long i mean it used to be if you want to build muscle protein 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 everybody used yeah for so long we used to, to preach well, that well dude
3: every guy in this room probably used to consume 50% or more, more protein than we do now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And we're all better shaped, stronger, and better performing. Yeah.
2: And well, and here's, and I guess looking back now, and I think like, oh my god, how uh, duh? You know, when you think of it this way. So whoever it is we're talking to, let's just let's just pretend she weighs 150 pounds, and out of that 150 pounds, 100 pounds of that is lean mass, right? So she has 100 pounds of muscle on her. Let's just pretend. And right now she has ha- she's having a hard time getting 150 grams of protein, so she's freaking out. Maybe she's only getting 75 grams. But here's the deal: if you've been doing that for most of your life and you still got 100 pounds of lean body mass at 75 grams of protein, you going from 75 to 150 is not going to build. You don't need that much more to to even build more muscle. If you go from 75 and you all of a sudden go to 85 and you're lifting weights, you're sending the signal like you're saying you're going to build muscle. Right. Your body has been adapted to taking it's it's at its homeostasis. If you're all you've been 150 for a long time, you've been holding 100 pounds of uh, muscle. Now, I mean, that's really the the message here is maybe it's not one to one so much for you, but it's is, is maybe being actively increasing your protein from where it was before. So maybe it was at the floor, and you are trying to go all the way to one to one. It does. You don't need to do that. You know, bump it up from where it was. You know, and try and trying to be incorporate whole foods and get it from real stuff like your your meats and your eggs and things like that, and in, into your diet. But don't be uh, so hard pressed on the the one to one.
3: I've seen a, enough uh, athletes that are vegan who consume far less protein who've done great. And I've had enough clients and people that I've helped online, who I've told to reduce their protein intake and bump one of the other macros up, whether it be protein or, or whether it be fat or carbs. And every single time I've done that so far, and this is every time I, I'll get someone, for example, online who's like, "I'm eating. I weigh 200 pounds. I'm eating 300 grams of protein a day." I'll say, cut your protein down to like 170, and we'll make up the calories with fats or with carbs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them gets better results after that. They all build more muscle. They all feel way better in terms of their energy and how they feel, and their food is better now. Well, the- I have yet to have anybody say, "Oh, you know what? Since bringing my protein down to just under a gram per pound, I've lost muscle." I'm not- I have yet to hear anybody say that.
2: Well, I got one. You know, on that note, then to, to really challenge whoever this is that's asking, those that are listening right now. I challenge you to look into your fats. I mean, fat is fat is the catalyst for for testosterone, and right. testosterone is the is the main hormone responsible for building muscle. That's mm-hmm. your that's your real one out of all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's. I mean, protein plays a big role in recovery and stuff for your muscle, but your testosterone levels is what plays an even bigger role as far as muscle building signals. And if you are eating low fat, which a lot of people are, especially if you're on a high protein, everyone seems to be on the high protein, the low the low fat and moderate carbohydrate type of or some sort of carb cycle or low carb meal pay attention to that see where your fats are because like sal just said I'll, I'll take a lot of people that are over consuming protein and have to bump their fats up um i've seen way more uh positive results with my my women and men for that matter uh of uh, teaching them how to bump their fats up mm-hmm. and, and get it that way you'll see more uh lean body mass even from that
0: perfect PR Sway is asking about the benefits to cardio versus the adverse effects of cardio long term.
2: Ooh, this is kind of a unique question.
0: It's a good question. Um, Mm. So first, talk about oxidative
1: stress.
3: Oh yeah. Uh, First, let's be let's be very clear. Uh, Cardio done properly and appropriately is mostly benefit, short term and long term. Okay. The key word here is appropriate and proper. Uh, the way a lot of people do cardio, people who love cardio, you know long distance runners and people who just overdo it, the way they do it is they overdo it and then you do get oxidative stress on the body. you do get detrimental effects on health and immune system. And you might even have even seen this in the gym where you see someone or you see someone who's always running, you know that that guy or girl, that woman or, or man that runs by your house every day that goes on long distance runs and you look at them and you're just like, they don't look good. they look yeah. like, or oh, they
1: haven't changed in years, but they keep running.
3: Yeah, you see a lot of I see a lot of skinny fat runners. Uh I see a lot of runners with poor posture um and and problems with the, uh, you know, the, their their joints. Um their skin looks like uh, you know, either they're out in the sun too long, but it's usually not from that. It's usually because
2: they've just they're just they're beating themselves up all the time. And but
3: but that's true for any form of exercise. You can do that with weight training too. You well, can do that with anything.
2: What what would you guys say in your opinion? I know mine. Uh, for if you were to, what do you think is the most uh, adverse effect from from running? From too much running? Yeah, from too much running. Uh, from well, too much cardio. If you oh, really, really, you, in your experience with clientele, oh, uh, with clients, yeah. What what do you what have you seen as the the uh, worst? Just like the wear and tear on the joints. yeah, yes. wear and tear on the joints and poor
3: and really really yeah, bad muscle recruitment patterns. Yeah,
1: it goes. Yeah, it it really diminishes quickly, especially at the upper body. And, uh, I see this, this protracted shoulder and I see, le- I see it, it, it no carrying over. Addition. Yeah. Cause then what are do they doing the rest of the day? They're sitting down and you know, they're not training their body to, to deal with, you know, gravity anymore in a sense and, and resistance training and picking things up and doing all these other uh, functional activities. They're, they're teaching their body to really just like become this machine that's, uh, forming into a position that your body's trying to make efficient. So. Um, yeah, I see it as a, as a hamster wheel is how I see it, you know, anymore. So,
2: yeah, for me, Um. so that right now, this month, I'm doing this uh, March mobility thing. So I'm you know talking about mobility um, and teaching clients and stuff, functional movement. And uh, I started with the hips. So this is directly related to, for sure, a lot of runners. We run uh, in you're running straightforward all the time, especially if you're a treadmill runner or you're somebody. I mean, and that in itself doing any emotion like Sal kind of mentioned just briefly mm-hmm. about uh, if you could do this to yourself and even weight training if you're doing the same movements repetitively over and over and over and over which when you're running for distance or for a long time long period of time, you're gonna create some serious muscle imbalances and in an area like the hips which is primarily the, your mover when you're running is going to cause all this low back and knee pain mm-hmm. so it ends up they end up having super tight ITs that are all got adhesions all over them. They have pain in their knee. They have pain in their hips. They're pain in their low back. And it's all, they're all fucked up because they have no hip mobility whatsoever. And they only know how to run in the sagittal plane. That's it. They only move, they run forward. That's it. Right. So, yeah, you got to be very careful, um, you know. And, and this is, once again, we're talking to cardio queens and kings, right? It's, you know, it's the people that uh, overdo it. Sal said, you know, cardio done right, it can be actually yeah. very beneficial. Well, my,
1: my problem too inherently is that the... That mentality is about addressing their uh, they, they they associate that with fitness and losing body fat and staying in shape. Like so, their their answer to everything is to run uh, to stay in shape. Whereas uh, their movement patterns, like you said, it's all in just one direction. It's their their capacity for proper mechanics, you mm-hmm. know, quickly diminishes. Uh, you know, just doing daily activities, therefore leaving them exposed to possible injuries. Um, it, when your muscles form into a certain pattern, uh, it's really it's really a, a problem going forward. Like when you just go to do normal daily tasks. And I feel like fitness, you need to look at fitness as, as a as a provider uh, a, a way that's going to improve the quality of your life, and if you're just going to run everything off, it's not improving anything other no. than uh, conditioning you to better run that that same exact way, and that's the only thing it's doing for you.
3: You know, uh, when they when archaeologists uh, will do, they'll go to sites and they'll find you know old remains of you know medieval soldiers and stuff like that. They can tell you uh, they can pick out the long bowmen the people that fired the longbow. Why? Because first of all, these people were raised to do that. So they're, from a young age, they're trained to be longbowmen. Mm-hmm. And the longbow is a real big bow, takes lots of torque to pull, and they shoot this big arrow. And it was kind of one of those, uh, uh, it was a weapon that was just decimated armies. And so these these guys were specially trained. But how did, how did they pick them out? Because one side of their body was very well developed. They had their their right arm was very. The bones were much thicker than the left, and the spine was contorted and twisted in the in the in a way that would make it or more efficient to pull on this bow mm. with their right arm. Mm-hmm. And so, what you got to understand is it is your body it molds itself around your activity, and if your activity is the same shit every day, every day, every day, your body will mold itself around that activity, and. After a certain point, uh, it will be at a detriment to other activities. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a really good runner in one place and that's all I ever do, it will start to take away from my ability to do other activities. I'll start to create posture that molds around it. I'll start to create muscle recruitment patterns that, that go after it. Look, I'll take a long-distance runner who's never lifted weights, and I can, I'll bet you a million dollars almost every single time they'll have poor um, uh, hip extension past, uh, once they go down to a squat. Once you bring them down past 45 degrees, hips don't fire no more. It's all quad dominance mm-hmm. because that's all they do is run, and so it's very important that you view your body like the machine that it is and train it in a very balanced way because that's what's going to give you the quality of life that Justin's talking about. Not to mention, uh, you know, some of the some of the, the detrimental effects of just overdoing exercise. You know, here's the deal: mm-hmm. exercise itself is a stress on the body, and like anything, if you overdo it, if you do it at the right amount, that stress will elicit change, which will make you. Healthier, stronger, and better. If you overdo the stress, it overcomes your body's ability to do that, and then it becomes very detrimental. In fact, when they've done uh, autopsies on uh, ultra long distance runners and people who do ridiculous amounts of cardio, it's worst ever. They find heart damage like somebody who's twenty and thirty years older than them. Mm. And these are so so called it's a muscle. That's right. These are yeah. so called you know top athletes. Right. So you've got you've, you know, to keep that in mind. There's also brain benefits. You, you get lots of benefits to the brain when you exercise, number one, from the benefits of exercise itself, everything from utilizing you know glucose better to you know, oxygen utilization, all that stuff. But there's also, the brain also benefits from exercise in the complexity of movement. Now, if I'm always fucking running all the time, all the time to the word becomes like Justin said, a hamster wheel, um, I'm not getting those benefits to my brain as well. The good thing about resistance training is I can do all kinds of different movements mm-hmm. and I'm getting all kinds of different connections into my brain and different things that are that are developing. And they found in studies with humans that those complex movements and changing those complex movements gives you more brain benefit in mm-hmm. terms of learning ability and cognitive function than just the repetitive same shit all the time movement.
2: Well, when you when you say that, it reminds me of Justin and how Justin trains cardio, which leads me into what I was just going to ask you guys is, mm. you know, we just said that, why don't we share how we do cardio personally ourselves since we all are probably a little bit different in how we do it and approach it. You know, how do you do cardio? I mean, explain to everybody how you do cardio, Justin. I mean, how you incorporate it. In yeah. Your so
1: for the most part, it's, um, I'll do, I'll do cardio. I'll look at it more from, um, like I'll do like a kettlebell complex or I'll do like a, some kind of a circuit or I'll do something in spurts. So, uh, for me, like I really enjoy, um, really like, multiplanar movement. So I, that's why I got into like some martial arts and stuff like that to where it challenges my body from multiple directions. So now I'm, um, just, just the, um, the frequency and the difference of like what I'm, uh, what I'm trying to work on really challenges my body and gets my heart rate going like crazy. And, uh, so I'll do, sometimes I'll do some hit, Style, so I'll do like um, you know thirty seconds. I'll I'll just basically cut my rest periods down a bit, and then um, you know it, it real briefly, um, and then but just for the most part, it's uh, it's things that I enjoy doing, uh, like jump rope and and things that I'm I'm working on as far as like speed movements, but they're all like bursts. And so for me, like I like I like to sprint. I like to to do battle ropes. I like to do like some of these um, kind of unconventional movements because I'm challenging my body in a lot of different ways uh, that I wouldn't I wouldn't otherwise do just lifting weights. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I use that as a as a as a as another way to um, sort of implement some new challenging techniques.
3: Uh, I just make love. No, I. Um... <laughs> Besides, uh, so I, I use cardio in the past, and I'm not doing a lot of cardio nowadays just because I'm not getting much sleep. And so when I'm not getting much sleep, I try to pay attention to the amount of stress I place in my body with activity. And cardio is, that is for me, um, it's a variable that I'll, I'll remove if I have to because the resistance training <clears throat> portion is more important to me. But it, it, when I do do cardio, I'll either use it meditatively, so I'll do steady state and I'll, I'll read. Or I'll go on hikes and walks. That's my favorite thing. So for me, it's more of a stress relief than it is for any type of performance enhancement. If I'm trying to improve performance, then it's at the pace that I lift weights. That's when I speed things up. I do supersets, giant sets, move from one exercise to the other, um, multiplanar movements like Justin was talking about. That's when I'm trying to get more cardiovascular endurance. Uh, but that's I mean, it's basically it's pretty straightforward for me.
2: Yeah, you no, and I, you and I are, you and I are uh, similar. Um I definitely make uh, love is also yeah oh, <laughs> for yeah. a majority. Lots of hip thrusting. I, I rarely do uh cardio at all like somebody would when you say the word cardio. When when we say cardio too, um and I'm glad Sal kind of touched on his walking and things like that, because that we would refer to that as that. And that's why too when I post um, you know, I normally post under my picture when I'm um giving my stats of what I'm doing, like what program I'm doing or how I'm eating, and it says zero cardio. Um, I say zero cardio because I'm not getting on a piece of equipment or going for a run or, or even elevating my heart rate probably above 130 beats. Um, I'm power walking at best on the treadmill. And I normally get on there, and it, for me, it's kind of a de stressor. I get on there, I walk for about 15, 20 minutes, depending on the day, depending on how much stress I need to de stress and how much it's almost meditative for me. Uh, I'll also, you'll see me uh, doing some upper body, like dynamic movements while I'm walking. So I'll be walking and doing, you know, uh, wrist rolls with my wrist and doing a dynamic uh, move with my chest and then doing like a dynamic move while I'm walking with my shoulders and just, you know, trying to open my body up. And it kind of challenges me while I'm walking at the same time, too. And it's uh, not fast. And Mm -hmm. it's all I'm really
1: reverse get uh, jerk offs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all kinds kinds of
2: fun stuff like that. Um, The only time and, and and then the only time I really use cardio is as a tool. And for me, uh, there's two times that I'm going to use it as a tool. One time uh, would be like when I get to our third phase in maps, those that are far uh, that red maps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And red maps. uh, There's a lot of super Let's be clear. There's a lot of volume that's uh, in the third phase. So, you know, get your heart rate going a bit. Those that have done this know this. And uh, if I I, want to be in a little bit more cardiovascular shape so I can to benefit actually my weight training. So I use it to just kind of ramp that up and I want to be adapted to that so I'm trying to you know get myself up to where I can handle that and it'll be a kind of more of a hit style
3: mm-hmm. or you've got phase 4 of the green maps which, yeah, which is, is very
2: yeah I yeah. mean that's going
3: to give you some cardiovascular condition which I'm not there I'm about yeah, to get there intense.
2: so I'm in, th- I'm in I'm in phase 3 of performance right now so 4 is around the corner when we get into durability I most certainly will be doing that so there's another time where I'll be using it as a tool the other time that I use it as tools, uh, obviously when I compete, when I compete, um, I incorporate it into my, my regimen, but what I want before I ever utilize any cardio like that to cardio to sweat or to burn fat which I would like i would like to think that probably 90% of the people probably use cardio for because mm-hmm. for so long we have you know paired it with if you want to lose fat you do some cardio right like that's what we so I think a lot of people well, think so
1: all that, the treadmill and you know elliptical machine commercials are just pounding in your head
2: exactly that it's it's all about fat it's all I, I mean literally I think all of us in here uh, 99% of the time we all use it for health and, and de stressor and her in that yeah. we rarely ever use it to burn or Just fat. more
1: movement in the day, like you said, like the neat principle. Like, just, yep. I mean, I, I definitely like track that I want to make sure like I feel like if I in here right now we're sitting a lot and then I'm always like ah, I need to move it's just that 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 urgency uh, to expend energy and I, I feel like that's cardio for me
2: that's that's, that's that's all I that's all I care about that's a perfect example and that's a perfect example of how I will today when we go to the gym because we have been in this in the studio for so long today and seated for so long this will be a day I'll probably get a good 20 30 minute walk you know just to relax mm-hmm. and move I feel like I've been seat, seated for such a yeah, long these time are usually days I'll do cardio yeah. Just because like I want to ramp it up a little bit, move, sweat a bit you yeah because to go back to the neat principle like that's I, I feel I'm the same way with that. now um, when I'm when I'm getting ready for a show, I don't even want to do any cardio until I've got my, my figured out where I need to be eating wise and training wise to manipulate my body fat percentage without any of cardio. That way when I do introduce it, I know what it's going to do, which I think that's another mistake that a lot of people that want to lose weight, they decide right away if I want to lose weight. They start. They stop eating a bunch of shit food. They reduce their calories. They in, they introduce weight training. They introduce tons of cardio, and then they're going after it. Where plus you're gonna burn out. Yeah, exactly. Right? In the
1: yeah. very beginning, you're going so hard. You got like, I mean, where's
2: your gas tank going to be towards the end of your uh, challenge? There, it's exactly. gonna be real tough. Exactly. So you know, there's. There's a lot of ways to, to utilize cardio, and there's definitely ways to, uh, for it to be very beneficial long-term. But I think for the most part, a majority of the population abuse it, and then there's a lot more adverse effects mm-hmm. because, of, like we talked about, posture and things like that.
3: Exactly. Great point.
2: Joseph
0: Lua 89 has noticed that fit people seem to get sick a lot. He's wondering why. Uh, a couple things that play into that.
3: Yeah, that's actually that's actually a pretty good observation. It is because yeah. I get sick a lot. So here's here's the here's the gist when it comes to exercise. Exercise and being active in the long term uh, is a great way to boost your immune system and strengthen and bolster it. In the short term, it's a stressor. It is a stressor and it will depress your immune system. And for example, yeah. for example, if I took somebody whose body has now been exposed to, let's say, the rhinovirus, which is the cold, common cold. And uh, they're fighting it. But they're, and their body's fighting it off, but it's fighting it. And I take that person and I take them through and I hammer them with a hard workout. They're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. We have now depressed their immune system in the short term. Their body's resources are, all, are now focused on repairing from this hard workout, which means less resources are available for fighting this virus or bacteria or whatever. And they're more likely to get sick. Fit people tend to get sick uh, if you've observed that, it's because these are fit people that are probably constantly pushing that line yeah. between training enough and training too. And much.
1: And I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and guess they're probably like the type A people that are also under an extreme amount of stress Good with point. their job and with their family and they're like. Th- being fit on top of that is just another thing on their plate, and in comes in this virus, bacteria, whatever, and it's it's just this uh, you know perfect combo. I
2: have another two to add to that too. If uh, typically fit people or someone who's trying to get in shape is living in a caloric deficit, they're right. eating, they're eating less. Than what their body needs, so this is why a lot. Of, I almost always get sick when I'm cutting for a yeah. show. Your body's you know, fighting already. Yeah, for a long, long periods of time, I'm I'm working against my body, not feeding it as much as it wants, so I, it'll metabolize fat. But that also means I don't have a lot of resources to defend off the common cold that's coming around. And then the other number two big one is uh, fit people probably mean that they're working out in a gym a lot and they're touching weights that a bunch of other people are, uh-huh. you know, c- coughing all over their hands and then touching the same weights. And we're confined in an area where all these germs are at. So that's a great point. I mean, a, you put in yeah. a combination of everything we just said stressing the body out, uh, flirting with overtraining, under eating, and touching a bunch of germs. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. It's very common that. Uh, you get you get sick a lot. Especially we use the
1: hand dryer, and some old guy was using it uh, <laughs> yeah, with his balls. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's oh, lots the la- of germs.
3: Here's the last one that you know it's just popping in my head right now. I bet a lot of fit people, um, especially the f- fanatical ones with diet, eat the same food all the time,
2: right? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and maybe or and or take lots of supplements with maybe artificial sweeteners and whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, gut flora is your number one defense against uh, viruses and bacteria. And if your gut flora is altered or not, uh, you don't have a good variety of flora because you always eat the same food, that could uh, inf- impact your immune system in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And so that might also play a factor. So I think all those things are probably why they would see that. No. Yep.
0: This next question is from Trent Bergeron. Uh, he's asking, "What do you recommend for cardio for a show three months
2: out?" Mm-hmm. Oh, well, cardio day today, huh? Well, here's your. This, this is all. This is your. <laughs> This is your wheelhouse,
3: cardio. Adam.
2: I started. I started to touch on it a little bit on the last uh, topic of uh, we were just talking about cardio. So um, I don't do any. So three months out. First of all, that's a long. That's a pretty long cut right there. It's a twelve week cut for somebody. Um, One, I would. I don't really recommend that long of a cut. Um, It's a long time to be living in a a deficit and pushing the body. Uh, I most certainly uh, don't. Uh, do cardio uh, three months out, the type of cardio where you're trying to burn fat, like we were talking about earlier. Um, I actually don't introduce cardio till the last three to four weeks. Three to four weeks. Um, I don't. I don't. I do the rest all through diet, um, and that's like I said. I want to be able to know as I get closer to my show. Uh, and I'm needing to continue to shred body fat that I can utilize cardio as a tool. If you come out the gates on uh, week 12 out from your show and you're doing an hour of which is this is one thing that's very common. You see coaches prescribe this, you know, OK, we start our, we're getting ready for this show. One hour cardio every day. And that's what they, they prescribe right out the gates. That's fucking stupid. That is totally stupid to do that because your body uh, uh, for adaptation only takes about two to four weeks to get adapted to whatever uh, cardio uh, phase that you're training in. So if you're doing a, you know, hit style or you're doing a, you know, um, you know, moderate pace for an hour. You know, the first week or two, absolutely, you're going to see some good change from two in an hour of cardio. But weeks three and four, those those returns are going to diminish, and that's normally when your coach says, "Okay, now I want you to add another hour of cardio per day." And then guess what? Two to four weeks later, your no body more. your body gets adapted. No Run sprints uphill. Exactly. And then he starts yeah. doing, "Okay, start adding warrior oh, ropes in there and create." Now oh, I want do you to, it in a sauna. Now I want you to increase your intensity while you're doing. And this is why all these competitors look like they're fucking dying. Yeah. on these treadmills because they
3: are I don't yeah. blame
2: them because they're pushing their bodies way harder than they need to what you need to do when you're getting ready for a show is you need to figure out the I mean and I'm talking about the lowest intensity workout the the least amount of movement in your week you need to figure out what your body needs to be fed for it to slowly lose body fat right there barely working out barely moving around not doing any cardio what do you need to eat for it to already start to reduce body fat with your nutrition then from there, you slowly start to increase all those things. This just, just goes like right back into the intensity thing. You don't want to come out the gates like balls of the wall in your workouts either. Your workouts should slowly, increasingly intense as you get closer to your show. Should be a slow ramp up. Very slow ramp up and subtle changes. So when I coach clients, it's every two to three weeks, I'm little little this, little bit that. And when I first introduce cardio, like I said, three to four weeks out from showtime, the first bit of cardio, it's 12 minutes. 12 minutes I spend after I lift. I lift every day, six, seven days a week. I get on there for 12 minutes. I do 12 minutes a hit. After I've been doing that for about two weeks, now I add some steady state cardio in. I'm doing 30 minutes to an hour. Now I'm doing more time. And then the very last bit of the show, I, I I might start adding my one hour long of of steady state cardio in addition to my hit plus that. And that's the final week you or two. You know what's occurring
3: to me? So you're talking about people who are competing on stage who are... Uh, at a higher level than the average person, yeah. And your recommendation, having being a professional physique competitor and coaching other competitors and having great success, is to slowly ramp up. Why the hell do average people think right. that it's any different for them? Yeah. You know, like every every weight loss program that's out there, it's like thirty days to lose yeah. twenty pounds, or the, the the same rules apply to them. Actually, the rules apply to them even more because they're not nearly as fit. Exactly. As the guy or girl who wants to compete in a, in a physique competition. So it's always the same thing. Always ramp up slowly. Every, and if you're not a physique competitor, or not a stage competitor,
2: definitely applies to you. Every client that is a non-competitor that I coach right now at this moment has all of their prescription from me is every one of them. No cardio right now. All I want you doing is walking. That is what they're they are they are prescribed for me. That's what I just did when and, I was
3: training John. Same thing I just told him.
2: And I and I'm like, there's no reason for us. We're so far away from our goals where we need to be that just starting to add a bunch of time of intense cardio right now is it's gonna it's gonna fuck with you. We need to learn we need to learn how to eat right for your body and train properly to get it to respond the way we need to without any of that that's going to be a tool that's going to be in our pocket way down the road mm-hmm. when you start getting we're getting ready for bikini season and it's time that you want to shred some extra pounds of body fat before you get out go out to your hawaii trip or whatever and guess what because i've kept that in our back pocket and i say okay guess what two weeks out from hawaii now we're going to start doing a little bit of cardio and we're going to ramp that up and you're going to love me because you're going to see your body change in two weeks time that's
0: right. better results with less uh, time spent Sal Mergolo is wondering what the biggest factor is that prevents muscle
2: growth. Oh, this is a debatable hmm. one. Yeah,
3: yeah I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I think 100%. Heroes. Yeah, what do uh, 100%, know. I think it's picking the wrong exercises and bad program design. That's number one. Then nutrition comes in afterwards. But I've seen way too many kids, uh, guys that want to build muscle, Focusing on, you know, cable exercises and machines and doing body part splits when what they should be doing is focusing on squatting, deadlifting, bench pressing, overhead pressing and working the whole body two or three days a week. Uh, That change right there will put more muscle on you than any other factor I can think about by itself. Yeah, Um,
1: I was going to say programming from the standpoint of like way too high of intensity and prioritizing uh, pure recovery for the next couple of days and
3: not ever adapting. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And focus so, on getting strong, right? Like if you're trying to build muscle and you're that's like your number one goal, uh, train to try and get gain some strength, uh, gain enough strength, and you'll build some muscle. Nutrition's a very important factor, and we can talk about that as well. You know, you need to eat enough food and calories to to build muscle. Mm-hmm. But I've, I'm telling you, when I'm in the gym, dude, I I don't I see there's more now. And I think as people are getting more little more educated now. I see more people squatting and deadlifting oh, than, than before. Oh,
2: way more right but now. Than still,
3: but still, I see these kids. You see two of them working out together. They're like, you know, 17 years old. You know, I was the same way. And I see them working out, and you know they want to build muscle. And they're on the preacher machine, mm-hmm. and they do concentration curls. And, oh, let's do this front double bicep cable exercise for my bicep. I saw a guy training with his girlfriend the other day, skinny kid, and he's trying to build muscle. And he's doing the freaking cable curls, the, the front double bicep cable curl thing. And it's just like, dude, literally, if you just did some fucking pull-ups, you'll build way more bicep yeah. than doing that cable machine. And I, that's it. It's just they're doing the wrong exercises. They should literally, if you want to build muscle, your life should revolve in the gym. Your life should revolve around the squat rack and the rack and the barbells and dumbbells, and that's it.
2: Every once in a while, we were all on pretty much the same page. I would, I would have said just exactly just like the cardio thing. People come out the gates and they're doing all kinds of crazy shit and all kinds of the wrong shit right out the gates and too much of it. You know, too much of all this, like Southland, you're doing, you're coming in, you're doing five, six different exercises for your buys and tries. And there's tons of volume in it. And you're doing a bunch of machine work and all of like that. You literally could come in and do like pull-ups for 20, 30 minutes and you're going to see so much more growth uh, than you ever would by doing all those crazy exercises. So, yeah, no, I would agree. I would say. Uh, program design and and an and easier way than saying program design because someone else is saying like, oh, fuck, I can't program design. I'm never going to be able to grow muscle. Then, no, the choice of, of exercises, the, the choices of exercises that people are making um, I, I hate to say it too much too, because I really enjoy coming to Gold's and always having a squat rack available so I can do my overhead presses or deads or squatting right now. And if we talk too much about it, everybody, everybody will do it. Everybody will yeah. do it. There's only five or six, I think inside our gym and we have a lot in Dude, our gym. Comparison. I,
3: I remember a while ago I had this, uh, 15 year old kid that I trained and I trained him for a short period of time. And then he, you know, his parents wouldn't, weren't weren't going to get him any tr- more training, but he wanted to go, be, you know, be a member of a gym. And so I gave him like six exercises to pick from, and I said, every workout, do three to four of these, and that's it. And they were bench press, deadlift, overhead press, squat, you know, barbell row, and I think a pull-up or something like that. And I said, just pick four of these exercises, do four sets of each of them, work out three days a week. And the kid put on like 15 pounds of muscle in a very short period of time, just doing that very basic, basic, and I gave him a super basic routine because he was very inexperienced, and he had just learned those exercises with me. Now, if you want to take it to the next level, you can get much more advanced in terms of phasing your workouts for specific types of muscle adaptation and utilizing things like trigger sessions and stuff like what we put in our maps programs. Where you know, if you just followed that, um, you're going to be you know light years ahead of anything else you've probably ever done to build muscle. And then you throw in some good nutrition and there you go.
2: Isn't it funny, the the learning curve uh, for trainers, I feel like, is, at least in my experience of all the trainers i uh, mentored and stuff, is you first come in and it's, you're, you're fresh, you're new, and you feel kind of like a lost puppy, you know, as far as there's, God, even being a trainer, right, you're looking at this gym, there's so much stuff in here to do. And uh, you know you, you got to write a program, you know, and the trainers are always nervous to write their first program yeah. for a client. Like, what do I do? What do I write? What do I write? You know, and they, and they you, they start, then they get more comfortable. They learn all the exercises. They learn some new ones. They learn all this stuff, and then you start to get creative as fuck. You know, it's like now it's like all these things that you start to put together, and it's like you pride yourself on knowing so many movements and so many different exercises that you know you start coupling them in different ways and all this stuff, and then it's like you get you come full circle. You get you you start to really learn and educate yourself and realize like you're now when now when I prescribe a workout it's it looks so generic yeah. and basic <laughs> yeah. you know but in reality it's like this is what's yeah. going to help you more than but anything. it's the mastery of those yes it, you're the te-
1: right. they're and so technical
3: a- in the, in and of themselves a-, right. a squat and a deadlift for example very basic exercises. But uh, I could train someone for two years yes. on a squat, and there's so many variances of that squat and so many different ways to train it and so many ways to apply it from everything from tempo and to, perfect to pausing, to utilizing the squat differently, and perfecting it. Even getting uh,
1: proper depth. Like, all,
3: all that stuff. Things. Like, it's it's not... It's not basic in the sense that
2: it's you know it's basic in the sense that the exercise is seen that, it's that way. It's known. It's known. That's what I mean right. by basic. It's like everyone's heard of a squat, right? Everyone's right, heard right. of a bench press. Everyone's heard of overhead. There's press. no magic exercise. Yeah. There's no like it. whoa, I've yeah. never seen that. But that's as a trainer when <laughs> you you want to you want to you want the frog pressing
1: cardio machine. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, yeah. You want some
2: guy invented. The trainers want to impress their clients with a new move. I mean, I remember that. I know you guys remember that. I remember oh, yeah. getting a client and you know. When you were, you know, midway through your career, part of that was, you know, I got this guy, he's been in the gym, he's been around for a while, so he knows all the base stuff. Like, I'm gonna teach him some exercise he's never done before. Like, come on over here, we're gonna lie on this bench, we're gonna do some, you know, angle that machine, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? You do something crazy and stupid.
1: Well, isn't that where this whole bullshit thing with like where they turn sideways and they do the press yeah. with the hammer? Uh, that's exactly goes for their inner chest.
2: And that's how that's how guys like us, and I know uh you know, we've we've gotten a little bit of uh, grief for for giving those dudes shit that you see all these guys posting. But that just that to us, it's so glaring on their level of education because mm-hmm. when you do things like that, you still are obviously learning yourself, and you think because you found a way to create a different exercise in the gym mm-hmm. that this is a good exercise I should teach other people. But in reality, no, it's not. If you knew what was best for people, you would be teaching them that squat and deadlift, and continuing to educate them on the, the I... biomechanics on it and all the variations. Well, for that,
1: definitely bench press. Let's work on the technique for that. The Very technical. That. It's like, Be- everybody
3: on. thinks it's so simple. Bench press is one of the more technical exercises oh, yeah. you'll ever do. Uh, I, I remember years ago, There's it, throughout my whole working out career, if you will, I remember there were specific moments, and you guys probably, I'm sure you have your own, where you're just like, holy shit, I just learned something that just changed everything. Mm-hmm. And one of these moments for me, I will never fucking forget, and I've probably told this story before, but it was after I had dislocated my kneecap I was rehabbing my knee. I'm doing leg press, and I'm trying to strengthen it. And at the time, I also wanted to build muscle because that's all I ever wanted to do. And there was this group of powerlifters. And at the time, they looked like fucking giants, but they were probably in their early 20s. And they spent their entire workout at the squat rack. Mm -hmm. Like, they were just squatting the whole time, and they were massive. (laughs) And I was watching them, and I remember thinking, like, they must be on steroids. Like, something's like, why are they so big? That's all they're doing. They're not doing all this other stuff. And one of them approached me and asked me what the hell I was doing and basically convinced me to come squat with them. And I, I, it ended up being a brutal-ass workout. But that summer, that summer, having learned from them, and all, and that summer I focused on squatting and deadlifting. And I still did my bench press and other things. But I really focused on those two movements. I gained 12 fucking pounds. 12 pounds of lean body mass that
2: as summer. A, as a young kid, that's a As a young
3: kid, natural. Oh, yeah. my, all of a sudden, my pants didn't fit me. Big my time. back was, was – people are like, dude, your back is thick. Yeah. Just from doing that, and I remember that, it was such a freaking, like, the sky opened up for me. I was like, oh my God, I found the secret. Like, I figured it out finally. Mm-hmm. Um, because before that, I was reading the bodybuilding magazines, and I was doing all kinds of different variations of all these different movements, and cables, and hit every angle, and this and that. saw and the other. a big
1: distraction.
3: Big distracting. So, so you want to build muscle, uh, stick to the basics, get stronger, do full body workouts mm-hmm. instead of body part splits. If you really want to get good detail and something that really guides you, you check out the MAPS programs. Yeah on mindpumpmedia.com and with that please leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes you can find us on Instagram at mindpumpradio you can find me at mindpumpsal you can find Adam at mindpumpadam and you can find Justin at mindpumpjustin Mind Pump
0: Justin. Yeah, yeah. thank you for listening to Mind Pump for more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam and Justin visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com until next time This is Mind Pump.